0: Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to Not Real Art, the podcast that celebrates the world's most creative people, creative culture, artists, designers, makers, all the phenomenal, brilliant, creative geniuses out there. Not Real Art loves them and celebrates them. And we're so grateful to have you here with us today to talk about Blink Have you heard of Blink? Well, if you haven't, you're about to, because Blink is an amazing immersive art event happening in Cincinnati, Ohio, October 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. Now, Blink launched in 2019, and over 1 million people, 1.3 million people actually came through to immerse themselves in this incredible event of art and illumination. It is a four-day event. It's a 36-block outdoor art experience that is just unforgettable. They bring street art, projection mapping, light-based installations to the city of Cincinnati, just lighting it up at night to celebrate our community, their community, and their love of art. And today... We have the executive director, Justin Brookhart, on the show to talk about Blink and what they're doing this year in 2022 after a three-year hiatus because of a little thing called a global pandemic. So we're back. Blink is back. Justin is here, and he's going to tell us about this incredible event happening October 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. Four days, 30 city blocks, dozens and dozens of artists. Incredible cultural events. They got music, by the way, lots of music events. Drones, people, drones in the sky, drone art to be incredible. Drone art being on display over the Ohio River. It's just, I mean, I'm so bummed because I can't go, I can't be there. So you know, you guys should go and report back, please. Tell me all about it, my uh, Midwest brothers and sisters. Please go. You guys know that I'm a Midwest boy myself, having. Been uh, born and raised in Indiana outside Chicago. So, you know, all my Midwest folks, please get your tails down to Cincinnati, October 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th to check out Blink because this thing is going to be off the hook. So, enough about me, enough about how excited I am for these guys. I want to get into this conversation with Justin. Justin is just an awesome person, obviously incredibly passionate about what he's doing, by the way, just got hired in January and now is already pulling off this event with an incredible group of people. So Justin's just a great dude. And I so enjoyed talking to him. He's got a big job, a lot of, a lot of going on, lots of goings ons and, you know, he's calm as a cucumber, but these, you know, these uh, big event production people are, they're always calm, cool and collected because they, <laughs> they have to be right. I mean, when you're throwing a party for one point, whatever million people with, you know, potentially hundreds of art installations and cultural uh activations happening, uh, you better be calm, cool, collected because you know what? It is a lot of work. And so shout out to the team, to the sponsors for all the incredible hard work, blood, sweat and tears they put into creating this incredible event called Blink and shout out to The one and only Heidi Johnson at Hijinx PR for making this episode possible. So without further ado, let's get into this and hear from the one and only Justin Brookhart of Blink. (laughs) Justin Brookhart of Blink, welcome to Not Real Art. Thanks so much for having me. Oh man, I'm just, I'm amazed and shocked that you actually have the time to sit down and talk. <laughs> there's yeah, a phrase, no. There's a phrase <laughs> called a- uh, drinking from the fire hydrant, you know, and you, my friend, are doing that right now. That's absolutely the
1: case. You know, it's a fun week here in Cincinnati. We have a lot going on. There is all of our mural artists that are here in town. They're starting to get up on lifts. They're starting to, you know, paint. And our production team's in town right now. So they're building SCAF. They're dropping their generators. They're getting ready to load on all the media servers this week. So it's a at one point in time, it's a very busy week. But it's also our staff is so much bigger than it typically is.
0: And so we're just kind of cranking on things right now. You are literally on the verge, I think, of throwing like the Midwest's biggest party. (laughs) You know, I mean, what 1.2 million people you're expecting or you had last time. I mean, yeah. So in 2019, the last time
1: Blink took place, we had a little over 1.25 million people attend over the four day experience. So we're expecting a similar audience, if not greater this year. So it's, it's crazy. It's just a sea of people flooding the streets of Cincinnati and Covington to check out massive public art, you know?
0: Right on. Well, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm a I'm an Indiana boy, and man, do I wish we had had something like this when I was growing up in the '70s, and the '80s. But here's the deal: that technology didn't even exist in the '70s, and the '80s. <laughs> it's
1: true. Listen, we're only able to create like immersive art experiences and like a dense, urban core environment because of incredible artists and collaborators, incredible technicians, and the the technology that makes you know all this possible.
0: So let's break down the numbers because, you know, we've already talked a little bit about the attendance. I mean, we're expecting, hopefully we're going to be 2019. We're going to get one point, you know, God knows how many millions. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, but let's break down the numbers in terms of artists, installations, days, times, places. I mean, just like, let's make sure people understand what is going yeah. on.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, Blink, you know, in a nutshell, it's a four-day immersive art experience. It takes place over 30-plus city blocks in downtown Cincinnati, and then we cross the Roebling Bridge, which crosses the Ohio River into northern Kentucky. And we take over another small town over in Covington, Kentucky, and it's just literally flooding the streets with public art. So we do large scale murals, we do production mapping installations on some of the architecturally and historically significant buildings that we have here in in the region. And then we also do a lot of large, interactive, immersive art experiences. So sculptural pieces, more interactive art elements. And then a whole lot of other just programming around it. We do over six music stages with over 100 different musical acts that are going to be performing over the four-day experiences. So really, we just jam-pack a lot into four days. We are completely free and open for people to attend. There's no registration. There's no you know barred entry. And that's how we're able to have such a large attendance and such an incredible audience and people that line the streets in order to
0: experience this. And you're paying for all of this yourself, right, Justin?
1: <laughs> yeah, just direct, direct cash, direct cash. You know? Yeah, just write a uh, check. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: No, I mean, we're, we're very fortunate. It's one of the questions I get pretty often is, how is this thing possible? And one of the ways it's possible is that we have really generous support for the arts here in Cincinnati. And that goes back, honestly, decades. There's a lot of great foundations, great corporations here that support the arts, We're really lucky that the government here is starting to support the arts a lot, too. So we have funding from the city of Cincinnati, Hamilton County here in Ohio, cities of Covington, a whole bunch of our northern Kentucky cities have really chipped in because they're seeing the economic impact of investing in in these types of experiences. And they're saying, hey, we think this is worth it. It grows and develops our region. It helps our brand. It gets something for both the people of this region and anyone else that can get themselves here from October 13th so you know, we find that, you know, we're getting great investment from folks. And candidly, that's the only way we're able to do something this large and, and free and accessible for people.
0: Amazing. So let's then talk about some of the incredible artists that you have. I mean, I know the one and only Tristan Eaton is going to be there. Oh like, that's gosh. amazing. Like, what again? How did you get, right get Tristan?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, you know, I feel like a couple channels kind of got to him. Myself and Andrew Salisbury, one of the partners um, here in Blink. We saw this giant wall kind of get unveiled earlier this year because of a large demolition of an old hotel here in Cincinnati. It's the Millennium Hotel, and it's right across from the convention center. And they did a demolition for it, and it unveiled this like giant wall. And when we looked at it, we were like, that would be an awesome wall for Blake. And people started tagging us on social media, being like, "Blink, please do something about this. It's a big, ugly wall. And so Andrew and I kind of got together and we're like, who would we want to do this? You know, who can do a wall this big? Right. There's only so many people that can not many
0: many people in the world. That's right. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. And so, you know, Tristan was one of the people on my list that, you know, and on Andrew's list. And we both said, like, this is kind of, you know, our ideal first round draft pick for this experience. And so. I had some friends that had worked with Mike before, some folks that had worked on some of his NFT projects. And then I had been working with uh, Heidi Johnson from Hijinx Arts and she reps Tristan and said, hey, let's float it to his team, see if he'd be interested. And candidly, we were just fortunate that he had time in his schedule very well, that's just it, right? Artist. I mean, I, do, <laughs> I wouldn't
0: doubt. I mean, you know, what I don't know Tris well, but what I do know of him is that he would absolutely want to do it. It's just a matter <laughs> yeah. he's so he's so damn busy. Did he actually have time? It's kind of a miracle that, that he had that's time. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. You know, making sure he had time within the window of time of our event given everything else he had going on. And we were fortunate the stars aligned and Tristan got in, he and his team on Sunday and they're grinding away on it now. They did a couple of nights of overnights to prep the wall and to you know get it projected and outlined. And now they're just blasting away with color. And I'm so excited to see it come to life over the next you know few days.
0: Indeed. Okay, so shout out, big shout out to Tristan Eaton. But let's talk about some of these other amazing artists that you have, because you've got an incredible array of artists coming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I can't tell you how excited we are for all the collaborations this year, both the local artists, you know, from this community that we're working with, and the national, international folks that have really come in to uh, add a lot of vibrancy to the event this year. You know, uh, Chantelle Martin is an artist that we're adding the collaboration for the first time. I've loved her work for many years, and she's actually working with the Artworks Mural Studio program here in Cincinnati. Artworks is a nonprofit organization that really focuses on emerging artists and helping young artists that are pursuing art as a career and help develop their skills and provide employment opportunities for them, primarily during the summer. But now they're doing a year-round mural studio program, and so those mural studio um you know, emerging artists are working in collaboration with Chantelle to bring her mural to life. Um, literally, I think they started yesterday. So it's it's crazy that it's all real. I feel like I've been talking about it in theory for like months. And now I'm like, oh, no, this is actually happening now, which is great. Um, so, you know, there's there's just no shortage of folks who are excited about. We had Insane, Insane 51 grinding on a wall right now. Thrilled to have him in collaboration. Lamore Supreme, we're excited about. Max Sansing is bringing a mural. Um, love Max's work. Great muralist from Chicago that he's, he's working on. And, and then we're really excited about some of the projection artists that we're working with this year. So we're working with uh, Vince Frazier, a great Afrofuturist out of the UK. Um, I've been familiar with Vince's work for a little while. And he actually came to the Collaborative Circle through a local connection here in Cincinnati, a musician and poet named Napoleon Maddox was like, hey, I, I know Vince and, you know, I told him a little bit about blank. Would you be interested in talking to him about a project? And Vince is actually going to be bringing a large scale projection installation. It's a, about an 80 foot tall projection installation that's coming to a street here in Cincinnati and really tells the story of the little Africa neighborhood which was an area here in Cincinnati where uh, freed slaves and African immigrants came up the Ohio River on a steamboat and settled and kind of built a new community. And Vince is kind of telling that story through his Afrofuturist lens. And I think it's gonna blow minds, honestly. It's a massive wall and it looks totally different than things that we brought to blink in years past. So excited for that collaboration as well too. And the list just goes on and on on. and on. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot too much because here, that's so long.
0: If you start, like if you leave, you know, because inevitably you're going to leave somebody off and then, you know, feelings get hurt. (laughs)
1: They're all favorites. That's right.
0: That's right. That's right. They're all heroes as far as we're concerned. But by the way, I do want to talk to you specifically about Alta Fiber because sure. one of the amazing aspects and by the way in full disclosure i'm fresh off the planet oh. from burning man so you know drone art oh. is a you know favorite of mine and so you actually are having some incredible drone art thanks to Alta Fiber. so talk about the drone aspect of this because this is super exciting
1: yeah you know we i think the blink team has thought about drones and bringing it to the event for a few years now but we didn't wanna just do like one drone show for one night. We really wanted to make sure that we had something that was a big scale, that could be experienced by as many people as possible. And so what we did is we sought out a drone you know, provider from all over the country. There's lots of folks that do it, but we said, let's find someone that can do it at the scale that we feel like the region deserves. So we found a firm out of Texas, which is actually where I'm from, and a group called sky elements and they said we think we can do it we want to bring 300 drones we want to do two shows a night all four nights a blank just so that people have plenty of things to see and so we've uh, i should share i have learned a lot about drone shows in the past uh, couple of months so i went from knowing almost nothing to uh, feel like I, I have a decent experience now and so we're going to be bringing a, a really incredible experience we're really focused on figuring out how to do an art driven drone experience. So not just your typical logos in the skies and standard formations, but really thinking about movement. And I feel like that form of art has really emerged. You mentioned Burning Man, right? I've seen some of the videos from some of those experiences. And I think that's a field that's rapidly expanding. You know, the technology is changing, the firmware is changing. like, And I think people are figuring out what they can do with these to make it more of a, an artistic interpretation and not just basic formations and shapes. So we're thrilled about that. It's honestly one of the things that people tell me they're most excited about this year is getting to experience the drone show experience. So that's going to be, like I said, over the Ohio River and just kind of illuminating the sky as a new element for us this year. And we're really thankful to our sponsor, Alta Fiber, for help making it possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing the kind of stories that drones can tell in the sky, right? I mean, oh gosh, and, you know, absolutely. the potential, right? The potential for them in the right hands of, of the right artists who, you know, understand how to program the damn thing. <laughs> you know, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't even Thank know goodness. how to fly Thank one, goodness. let alone program one. Oh, man, I can't tell you
1: how thankful I am for just all the technicians and people that actually know how to make things possible, you know, from my standpoint as an event organizer, I'm glad that I can just go look at a building and say, hey, we want a projection map onto that. And then artists delivers content. And then we have our incredible technical partners that actually make it possible. Same thing with the drones, right? I can point at the sky and go like, hey, we'd love to cover this area. And we'd like it to look like this. But beyond that, we need you know talented and hardworking professionals to actually make the event possible.
0: Absolutely. So that's actually bumps into a few questions I have for you. You know, number one is, I mean, we've already mentioned a couple uh, of key kind of sponsors. You know, I want to make sure that we take adequate time to celebrate and honor all of your sponsors, because this wouldn't be possible without them. And so, you know, talk a little bit about ArtsWave because, uh, uh, yeah, they sound amazing and I've never heard of them before. So tell me about ArtsWave.
1: Yeah, so they're a organization based here out of Cincinnati that has really been supporting the arts for decades. And essentially, I kind of liken them to like a united way, right? So people give, you know, to their annual campaigns here in Cincinnati. If you work at one of the big corporations down here, they have those like, hey, donate a portion of your check to an organization. And a lot of organizations choose to donate to ArtsWave. And basically ArtsWave helps funds over a hundred different organizations here in Cincinnati. They donate to the Cincinnati Sofring, or Orchestra, sorry, the Cincinnati Ballet. They help make Blink possible. So essentially they help keep this really diverse and vibrant artistic community possible. And so they come in as our Illuminated by sponsor, and they come in and honestly underwrite a ton of the art, a ton of the, the expenses that um, are needed to, to make the event possible. And they're kind of a, a really unique model for how to fund art in a city like Cincinnati. Unlike some cities, Cincinnati doesn't have a line item in their, their city's budget that says, hey, we're going to fund cultural arts. Hey, line much, item right? for
0: drones.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's not something that exists, right? Uh, yeah. I used to live in Austin, Texas, and you know they have a different model for how they fund the arts there. And because ArtsWave is this really pretty progressive and forward-thinking organization, they take chances on things. They take chances on events like Blink and say, yes, we will invest in this. We believe in the idea of this large immersive art experience. And it's candidly one of the reasons we're able to make the event possible is because we have vendors that, you know, really believe in us and willing to take a chance and say, yeah, let's do this. I mean, a thing I like to remind people of is Blink's only take place twice before. So this is only our, our third time doing this. So it's impressive because we have such an audience and so many people come out and support it. But we're still very young and new. And so we're thankful for the fact that, you know, people believe in it and keep investing in it
0: yeah no it is key you guys it is funny i mean from what i've read and noticed it's like initially i was like wow these guys really know what they're doing they've been around a while it's like (laughs) oh nope actually pretty new (laughs) yeah no listen it's definitely feels like you
1: know this is like our junior year of high school right you're like i kind of know the tricks here but like i I don't have anything mastered yet and so we're learning we're taking our lumps along the way like we always do it's you know Blink has been intended to be a biannual event every two years kind of taking place. And so 2017 was the first year, 2019 was the second, was supposed to come back in 2021. But because of health concerns due to COVID-19, we said, hey, let's not get a million people together for a weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, let's so not produce a been... <laughs> super spreader event. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, put a pause on it and then brought the event back this October. But it's not going to be three years since the last one. So a lot has changed since 2019. We're trying to factor that into how we plan the event, certainly from like a logistics standpoint. I think also like culturally people just look for different things in art since they did in 2019. So some of our art has a little bit more of a point of view, a little bit more intentionality. We try to bring a little bit more diversity and inclusion into the collaborative circle. So there's a lot of things that have changed since 2019, but we're trying to keep that core event that people love familiar while still evolving over time.
0: Well, you know, and that bumps into actually kind of a more serious question because arts can be serious, right? I mean, they can be fun, but Mm -hmm. they also be incredibly serious, you know, and you're right. I mean, the last three years has been, a lot has changed. We've all been through the ringer, you know, health-wise, but then, you know, in terms of social justice and political stuff, one of the things I noticed at Burning Man, for example, this year was Mm -hmm. there was actually way more political art at Burning Man this year than I had ever seen before. And so it was really interesting. So how does, as a producer of a big event like this, how do you think about political art? You know, within this context, on so the one hand, it's a celebration, a cultural celebration. You want it to be fun and engaging and delightful. But then, of course, you have artists that maybe have a very specific message they want to get across that might be more rooted in a social justice platform. I mean, how do you as an organization think about that and manage that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It's something myself and the other partners at Blink really think a lot about, especially curating the art this year, bringing more artists in. The thing we ask ourselves is, you know, is this something that makes sense in a large scale public event, right? We're a family friendly event, we're meant to be open, but with the understanding that people are okay with art kind of challenging or asking a question, or like I said, having a point of view. And I think there are certain installations this year that I think will challenge or make people you know, think a little bit more besides just like, oh, wow, big, bright, pretty thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I really don't know what the reaction is going to be to that, right? We're, we're kind of waiting to see. But we're really proud of the work that we curated this year and the collaborators that we brought on. But it's something that I think you're – not that you're required to do or not that you have to do as an event organizer, but I think you're negligent if you don't open – an audience up to a wide variety of art in an event like this, right? We have over a hundred different, you know, installations, activations that are happening during Blink. Some of those can be a little bit more challenging or have a little bit more thought behind them. And so we want to make sure that we're offering a lot of different experiences for people. If people check something out and they say, Hey, that's not for me. Or, Hey, why'd you do that? We're happy to answer that question and defend any of the work that we did. But also Mm -hmm. if you don't enjoy that, go, Walk right. to the next street, You're going to turn, and turn a big around great and walk over there. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> yeah. the kind of the, the thought, you know? But we'll see kind of what the reaction is like after this year and see how people responded to what we curated.
0: Well, that, okay, but that bumps in also right to the kind of submission process, if you will, or the cur- oh, I sure. mean, curation. You know, was there a submission process? How did that work for you guys in terms of identifying the artists and their art and who you wanted to include? Like, take us through that for the artist's sake. What was the selection process like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I'll tell you a little bit about how it worked in the past and a little bit how we decided to take things this year. In the past, it's been a lot of just direct curation. and, And by that, I mean like the core creative team would say, hey, we love this person. We're familiar with their work. Or, you know, I have a good connection with this person. Let's reach out and invite them to participate. And I think that has great success. But what we decided to do this year was... Just kind of open up the opportunity and say, hey, anyone both here in the Cincinnati region and all over the world, if you're interested in being a part of Blink, if you know about Blink, raise your hand, let us know what you'd like to bring to the event this year. And so we had a much more open call for submissions this year. Admittedly, it was a short call, right? So I just joined in my role in January of this year, and we knew we had to have an event in October. So we said like, hey, we're going to have to, you know, have a little short runway for this one. And we learned a lot about calls for artists this year and calls for qualifications and proposals, but we're really thrilled by the results of that call. I think we sort of wanted to test ourselves a little bit too and say going in our third year, Were there people that, you know, were world-class artists or some international artists that are outside of this community that are aware of us, that have heard about Blink, that maybe have seen other artists, you know, participate and now they want to join and bring their work to Cincinnati and they're so many amazing submissions you know we wish we could accept more we wish we had even more ability to fund and operationalize all the other artists that were possible but i'm just thrilled and delighted by the amount of people that raised their hand and said hey we'd like to bring some work and now we're going to be featuring their work here in just a short seven days
0: incredible absolutely
1: incredible
0: yeah, man. I mean, it's incredible what you guys have done in such a short time. I mean, obviously you've been, you know, the team's been around there for a while. You know, you're fairly new. I mean, but I got to ask you, Justin, I mean, what in the world qualifies you to throw a party for a million plus people?
1: <laughs> oh gosh, great question. I ask myself that sometimes where I'm just like, well, how do, I, how do I find myself in this role? Yeah. So I've had like an interesting background and career and I started out primarily in film production So studied film in the University of New Orleans, moved to Austin, Texas, kind of in the film production scene there. I feel like you learn a lot when you're doing film production, right? How to just, you know, work on big crews, how to think about safety, coordination, artistry, right? You all are existing inside of a creative medium, but you got to do all these nuts and bolts logistics, right? You got to abide by rules, guidelines, safety, all those sort of things. So I did that for a few years, but then I got associated with a brand based out of Austin, Texas, called Mondo, which is owned by the Alamo Drafthouse. And Mondo, for those of you that aren't familiar, really specializes in limited edition collectibles. Uh, originally, it was limited edition collectible movie posters. The brand has now evolved to having a very robust you know, music program. They offer vinyl records, original scores, and movie soundtracks on vinyl. They have, you know, a three D art, you know, program now. So a lot of collectibles, toys, and things in that world, and it just kind of evolved over time. But I was the fourth full time employee at Mondo at the time, and I joined at a time of really immense growth, and we sort of popped and grew online, and kind of helped scale up that operation. So when I first started, I was just a guy like rolling posters and answering emails in the, you know, the retail space, and just hanging around doing whatever was needed to help run the, the show and help, um, you know, make the business possible. And I stayed there for about seven years, helping to grow over time. I eventually transitioned into being the gallery and events director and a full-time gallery space in Hyde Park down in Austin and had annual gallery exhibitions and we, you know, then evolved into doing large-scale events. We would go out and do San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, and then eventually around 2014 said, hey, we love doing the big comic conventions, but what if we produce our own convention? And we did it on a much smaller, more curated scale, and we did it here in Austin with all of our friends and all of our favorite brands, businesses, and we got away with all the things that we hate about those big And so no big sponsor, no bathrooms brought to you by, you know, Teen Wolf or whatever the, you know, whatever the latest show is, you know, and we just kept it small and curated and brought all of our friends in. And, you know, I kind of cut my teeth doing, you know, big events that way. Those were smaller ticketed events than what we're doing in here. But from there, I just kind of learned to help grow creative operations, operationalize them over time. And by the time I'd left, I was the Managing Director and Vice President of Operations there, and had kind of you know built a, a decent career of taking creative enterprises and figuring out how to grow them and evolve them and make them function from a business standpoint, but also make sure that we're bringing artists missions to life and hopefully remaining profitable doing it, right? So that was a big part of uh, my efforts there at Mondo, and I'm very proud of my, my work there. I left the company, but a lot of my, my best friends are still over there at Mondo, and uh, they just announced a little bit earlier this year that they sold to Funko, so they're they on to the bigger and, and massive things uh, with a massive corporation supporting them now, which is really great. And then from there, I started doing, you know, other events. I worked for a company called Virginia Craft out of Chicago that puts large-scale arts and craft fairs all over the country and does international shows. And all during that time, I was also just, you know, mulling around with my own life, figuring out what I wanted to do. I went back to grad school and uh, pursued a master's of public affairs just to kind of, uh, I don't know, challenge myself a little bit. And, you know, from there, my career just gone a lot of different directions. I got involved in a lot of arts nonprofit organizations and all this I should share while dating a woman from Ohio, my wife, Erin. And that's kind of what led me from Austin to, to Cincinnati. So we first heard about Blink in 2019 at the last event. We were just sitting at home on our sofa in Austin and some of her friends from the area were posting about Blink on their social media. And I was like, what is this event? Like I knew a lot of the new artists that are participating, but I was like, what is this? And why is it happening in Cincinnati? And how do we get ourselves there the next time they do this event? And so I just started following them online and never knowing too much about it. But just kind of became a fan from afar and said, whenever they do these again, I'm definitely going to go and check it out. And strangely enough, I heard last September that they were looking to bring on their first executive director to help lead the event back. And I said, this is interesting. You know, never really thought about picking up our lives and moving to Cincinnati. But this sounds like something that's pretty special. And after meeting with the partners and the founders and learning a little bit more about the opportunity, I said, this is something I could see myself doing. So, you know, we picked up our lives and moved to Cincinnati earlier this year, and it's just been full steam ahead, bringing the event back now. So we're thrilled to be here.
0: Yeah. Justin, when do you have time to slack off, man? I mean, oh, you know, <laughs> not, literally not right now, to be clear. Like, absolutely not. Um,
1: you know, people keep asking me like, Oh, what, how are you like in Cincinnati? And I'm like, I'll tell you after October. Like, yeah, I right, have no right. idea. Yeah. Right. Like right now I can tell you, I enjoy the nice fall weather because it's still terribly hot down in Texas and I'm getting some nice 60, seven degree days. But beyond that, you know, I'm running around town. I'm meeting with artists. I'm meeting with our partners. I'm meeting with our city departments and officials, making sure that we can bring the event back. I mean, it's such a large scale operation and there's no detail that we can, not you know, focus on to make sure that it's, you know, really operated at a super efficient, uh, you know, level.
0: Well this is when we insert that line about drinking from the fire hydrant again right because I mean that, I that is that is what it takes so it, that's
1: so, all my years been yeah yeah yeah, yeah. white
0: knuckle grip
1: uh, just holding on when you get this close to an event too the the events just going to do what it's going to do right you try to influence the best outcome you can but you're so close and things just start to take over and you hang on for the red
0: well, yeah, and so anticipate the blink hangover, um, like a week, like a week later, right when the adrenaline absolutely. wears off, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah, wait, what did we do?" Yeah, like, right, yeah, I, uh, yeah. yeah That's,
1: that's <laughs> absolutely right. No, I joke that people are going to meet a completely different Justin come you know October 17th once the the events over.
0: Absolutely. So tell me this because you know blink. Obviously has such a well, such good awareness as far as I can tell. I mean, you're getting great publicity, you're getting great traction, if you will, you know, in terms of media and, and exposure. I'm guessing your phone, if not now, certainly might later, start ringing from other cities, other municipalities, other you know, elected officials calling you saying, <laughs> "Can we bring Blink?" To our town. Are you hearing from other communities yes. right now? Yeah, yeah, we are. You know, we've heard from
1: folks, you know, from different cities that say, hey, we've heard about what you're doing. We've seen some of your economic impact numbers. You know, I should share that in 2019, the economic impact study that we showed about eighty six point seven million dollars in economic impact driven by this free immersive art event. Right. So places notice when you say that hey you get to do this big event big party celebration and you get to have this cultural vibrancy but you also get to have you know this direct impact on you know businesses like your hotels your bars your restaurants parking garages your airports right places you know reach out and say hey how do you do this first of all is the question and then it's you know how do you fund it is usually the next question right and you know do you travel how do you think about this and as of right now you know there are no plans to travel with Blink. We're just trying to make next week happen, right? But like long term, the reason I'm here is to build on this event and make sure it has an impact beyond just that, you know, four days experience every two years. So I think there's absolutely a model for us of traveling with some of our work, you know, exhibiting this, you know, at other events, right? Whether or not we travel to other existing events, whether or not we do our own kind of mini Blink pop-ups. I think there's like a model for like what a Blink off season sort of looks like.
0: And I'm excited to explore that a little bit more. Even like a franchise model. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, sure. right, you know, to be able to sort of license the the te- the IP and the technology and the learnings, so, because yeah. it may be impossible to go do this in, you know, multiple cities. Starting, starting from
1: scratch is hard. You know, I've talked to people that are like, hey, how do we do it? You know, and I tell them it, you're going to have to build a lot of systems and processes and have a lot of learning along the way. So I, I do think there's maybe that like, you know, not quite franchise kit, but, you know, something like that, that helps give people the resources that the ideas behind it. Because as you know, people are hungry for large scale immersive art experiences, right? You know, we're not the only folks that are doing things like this. And you can look to, you know, peer cities, you know, across the world, whether it's Vivid in Sydney or the Lumiere Festival, there's so many other events where people have seen that this is something that people are hungry for, and that can add a lot to a community. So yeah, I hope my
0: phone does blow up with uh, more folks uh, interested. That would be great. Absolutely. Well, you know, and it's fascinating too to think about how, you know, because the old saying about nothing's more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And Mm -hmm. I say that in part, because it feels like part of The technology has met the opportunity in a way, because on a certain level, what's so wonderful about Blink is that you can roll up the carpet and walk away. And what I mean by that is, I mean, there's going to be some murals left behind and what have you. But from a cost perspective, the fact that it's primarily illumination, you know, projection mapping, very tech-centric, you know, people can turn off the machines, go home on Monday or Tuesday, and the city is, right? I mean, they're not bothered by it anymore. It's like, oh, okay. we,
1: We take our scaffold towers down. we remove our generators, right? And there's no real impact, right? And I do think that's interesting, you know, and I think the evolution of the technology is just going to continue to evolve how we think about this event. We've already seen it just since from 2018. What, you know, the technology for content creation looks like is completely different, right? For the content delivery through projection or lighted installations is completely different. Handle other elements better it's which is helpful for an outdoor event like ours it you know it can just has more power more efficiency right and so there's so many technology gains that are possible and particularly when you think about an event that only takes place every couple of years every two years is a technology you know evolution for us too and so we have to make sure we're staying in the know on what the latest technology is we're kind of those people that are pushing forward on you know these fields and mediums and making sure that they're at the forefront of it so that we're taking advantage of the fact that this only takes place every so often, we don't want to feel like we're behind the curve, right?
0: Absolutely. And then you get to you know think about, well, how do we show up in the metaverse? <laughs>
1: you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, listen, there's like so many questions about things like that, right? Like, And again, it's the opportunity and the challenge of being an event that only takes place so often. It's like, hey, do we want to step into this space? Because like we don't know long term is this something that, you know, we wanna, you know, be investing that much resources in to understand, you know, how to how to be, you know, really represented in that space. And so we have conversations like this all the time, myself and the partners that make the event possible.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Well. So, okay, so let's bring it back down to Earth a little bit. And by the way, speaking of Earth, I hope you can figure out how to get a satellite image of Cincinnati, you know, like right like in the night of, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, there's Cincinnati. We can see it. The blink
1: blink is in full effect. I like the idea of like the, uh, yeah, the satellite view of Cincinnati just glowing. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I love that.
0: So, but bringing it back down to earth for a bit, you know, one of the challenges, right, for attendees, I mean, because it's a blessing and a curse, right, being so big. I mean, you're going to have so many, you know, installations, so many things, a bit of FOMO, people are going to be fearing, like, oh my God, am I? Yeah. what am I missing? What's this? So talk about some of the tools, some of the resources that you're making available for attendees to make sure that they know where all the art is, you know, the map, or you, do you have a map? Do you have an app? Like, Like, talk a little bit about some yeah. of the tools and resources.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, blinkcincinnati.com is kind of that guide for folks. So it's where you go to look at all the artists, all the installations, literally... Could be during this meeting, I should be getting an update from our developer that says, hey, we pushed the interactive map live, it's ready to go. And that will allow you to kind of favorite locations, that'll allow you to explore, to filter based on, hey, I'm only interested in neural artists. Hey, I'm interested in some lighted installations and those sort of things. And so that's kind of the main source for us is, you know, our website, which has a great mobile um, web app that is super dynamic and easy to use. In addition, our partners at ArtsWave, who I mentioned, have put together their own kind of 10-step guided tour, right? Their 10 favorite installations. And they've worked to develop it with some exclusive content with some of the artists to say, hey, you want to hear interviews? You want to hear some behind the scenes about this? You know, download this app and you can utilize their guided tours to just, you know, have some recommendations. But the biggest question I get from people is like, how do you start, right? When there are 100 plus dots on a map where you even go what I tell people is just pick a point right find one artist find one installation that you're like I want to start here get yourself there and just discover right a huge part of this event is the idea of discovery discovering neighborhoods discovering buildings discovering artists but we also hope people discover like a sense of community right the reason I think people love this event so much is because when they're out there looking at incredible world-class art, they're standing next to their friends, you know, their neighbors, strangers, whoever it is. And I think that sense of discovery and community is a big reason why people love this thing.
0: Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, right, I mean, it, it is about the people, it is about the community, our friends, our family, our neighbors. And, you know, and then to, to come together and, you know, under in the name of art, what a powerful current that is. I mean, that's the, you know, the currency that you're really bringing is one that has to do with the sense of fellowship, you know, which, you know, is so powerful and so needed these days. Oh, absolutely. I think that's
1: exactly right. You know, so many people tell me stories when, you know, I've met folks and it's, hey, that's the new executive director of Blink. And they want to be like, oh, let me tell you about this thing that happened in 2017. Like I was standing on a street corner and a man proposed to a woman and I was in front of this installation or, hey, I was, you know, a participant or I walked in the big opening night parade. I was there with my daughter and, you know, she dressed up like this, like there's all these memories that people have, you know, inside a blank. And I think that's the thing that people have been missing over the last couple of years, you know, is this idea of connecting, of having these engaging experiences with people and, I think that's why you've seen folks really turn out at a lot of big events throughout the country and internationally over the last few months. Like, you know, I know you mentioned Bernie Man. Like, I heard that it was crazy, and and I think you know super impactful for people this year because I think people are wanting to have that connection and, and be out and explore and be amongst peers and strangers.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true, and it's weird too because we sort of have to or, you know get those muscles back a little bit. You know what I mean? It's right. sort of like yeah. awkward sometimes. So like, it's like, oh, it's wait a to a be bit. around people. I mean, <laughs> right, right, right. Wait, uh, am I supposed to hug you you or not? not? I don't know. (laughs) There's
1: like so many social behaviors that, you know, have changed. We've talked about that as event organizers. You know, we've we've gotten bigger with the scale of some of our projection installations this year, just bigger buildings. And some of that is because we're like, hey... Like people might want to stand back a little bit further away from other people when they're enjoying these. And so we might need to have a a bigger projection because we just don't know if we can, uh, you know, be that close to one another like we were in 2019. And so, you know, all those things are new
0: and evolving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. My new friend, Justin Brookhart, I am so grateful that you're able to come on the show and talk about Blink because what you're doing is truly important work, you know, for all the reasons we've talked about. And Cincinnati is so fortunate to have you and your team. You know, I want to, because it isn't, as you've clearly indicated and we've discussed and alluded to anyway, but I do want to just spend a minute to shout out to the team. That mm-hmm. you have around you, because oh, clearly, absolutely. while I know you're paying for everything, <laughs> no, know, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, just kidding sponsors. You, um, yeah. you know, let's shout out to the team because, I mean, people are Thank working you. tirelessly yeah. to, to make this happen. Yeah, listen, this event
1: is not possible because of me, right? It's so many incredibly talented, hardworking people that are out there grinding away to make this possible. So, you know, our partners at Agar, um, Artworks, Cincinnati, ish those are all the core teams that are meeting with me every day and are going out there with their teams to, you know, make the parades possible, make the mural programs possible, make sure that our projection installations are happening. Shout out to our technical partners, production resource group, PRG, that is the group of talented and hardworking technicians that are actually, you know, setting up our projectors, media servers, you know, uh, making sure we have the right lenses and throw distances and we're taking into account all the ambient light on the streets here. There's just so many collaborators that make this event possible. That's not even mentioning the world-class artists and all those people that are, you know, making the event possible. Here in about an hour, I'm going to have a volunteer orientation for the hundreds of volunteers that we have kind of, you know, lining the streets, helping to navigate people around, you know, those corners. None of this event is possible without all those people, you know, stepping up and saying, hey, we believe in this thing and, and we want to support it. So I count myself extremely grateful that that many people
0: believe in this and they want to chip in and help make it possible. Absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned the volunteers. I was actually going to sort of nudge you on that, David, you know because it absolutely hinges on all the volunteers. I, you know, I was even thinking about, you know, the cleanup afterwards, you know, the city uh, city officials, oh. you know, all the I folks I can't tell you how much after- our,
1: our city departments just come in huge, right? Like everyone, right? So Department of Transportation, you know, building inspections, our special events teams, Cincinnati and Covington Police Department, fire, EMS, uh-huh. The city manager's office, there's just like no shortage of people that have said, we believe in this thing. And it's one of the things that surprised me the most coming into the new community. You know, I have basically weekly calls with all of our city departments, and then I go and I meet with them. And, you know, I say, hey, this is this crazy thing we want to do. We need to shut down the street corner because we want to do this gigantic projection installation. And everyone goes, okay, well, here's what you need to do and you need to do this. And hey, this department, you need to talk to this person and we're doing all these things. And the fact that, you know, people here believe in it and they're willing to like chip in and people don't stonewall us or people don't try to grind us into the bureaucracy or any of those things, again, is one of the reasons that I think this takes place here in Cincinnati is because people believe in it. And when going back to that question about like the model of it taking place other places, You have to get buy-in from those places, right? You need to have, you know, government buy-in. You need to have, you know, community support. You need to have, you know, uh, business leader support, your philanthropic support. I mean, it's so many people that have to believe in this thing. So it goes beyond just that core team, and goes beyond just you know myself and the partners that produce. I have event. a
0: prediction, Justin. Uh, ten Go years, ahead. you run for mayor of Cincinnati. How's that?
1: <laughs> listen, listen, I'm not getting into politics yet. Please don't, please don't push me. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay. Listen, okay that was- I'll be happy to be the guy that brings the big uh, light event possible. Yep. <laughs>
0: All right, all right. No political aspirations yet. Um, yes, uh, that's fantastic. Well, I'd vote for you, my friend. I'm so grateful that you came on, Justin. I know you've got a lot of fish uh, on the grill right now, and you got to cook them up. I'm so glad yeah, you, absolutely. You, you you took some time out of your busy schedule to come and chop it up with me. And you know, please know you're always welcome here. You're always welcome mm-hmm. on the show. Count us in anytime you need a little uh, boost, a little amplification, because we're here for you in terms of elevating and celebrating what you're doing and helping, you know, tell the story because it's important work. Thank you. And before we sign off, though, we appreciate it. Hey, man, my pleasure, my honor. So before we sign off, though, I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. Be sure to please tell us again your website, your social. Where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so it's blinkcincinnati.com. We're at BlinkCency on uh, Instagram. Please follow us there. You can, you know, even if you can't get yourself to Cincinnati here in the next week, that's okay. You can follow along. You're going to see a ton of content from us over the next like week or so, both leading up to the event and then a ton of live coverage and then, you know, nonstop just kind of recapping things after that. So please follow along from afar. We'd love to have you check out what we're doing and let us know what you think.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Sadly for me, I will be unable to attend myself, but my colleague, I think Morgan Lawrence, who's our the editor of our art blog. She's going to be there. She's going to come and cover the events. And we're going to give you some love from that angle as well. But Justin, thanks so much, my friend. Godspeed. Be careful out there. Don't get hit by a drone. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll try. I'll try. (laughs) Totally. Be careful of all those lights there, 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 but wear some shades, you know. Um, 100%. 100%. All right. Well, thanks again, seriously. We appreciate you. Take care. You got it, Justin. Thanks for coming through. Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Pajot and Desi DeLoro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.